The year is 1989. Oh, shit. The city is Gotham. Oh, fuck. The man of the season is... Join us, won't you, dear listener, as we travel back in time to the year of the first, third Batman, the third first Batman, and we find out <laughs> how technolo- how far technology has traveled in the past 30 years. The first, third Batman? This is the third time they did Batman. Right? From the 40s, from the 60s, and from the 80s. Oh, the, the third live action. Yes. That okay. did make sense. All right, I ruined the intro. Toot toot. Toot toot. <laughs> That you spoiled entirely. Hello, time travelers. Hello, hi. Hey, I'm I'm John. I am Veronica. And welcome to Box Office Time Machine, the uh, weekly podcast where we watch number one movies yeah, on one do. week. It'll be a new number one from that week, and another week it'll be a number one from a movie in the past. Ooh. Either, that's how the past sounds. That's yes, yeah. <laughs> Young people don't remember that. Uh, 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 Twenty-five years and beyond ago, it was just people going woo. That's why. That's why people do that for ghost sounds, not because that's how ghosts sound. It's just how all the people who died just walked around when they were alive in the past, going woo. Mm, I wonder what we would sound like when we die. Well, I think they mostly sound that because they didn't have cell phones to look at. Oh, okay. So, so. It, people just didn't have a way to occupy their time, so they just wailed. Oh, I see. So ours would mostly just be the sounds of our Instagram stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like text message. Like, Whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right. Uh, dear listener, if you like this bit, there are more coming just <laughs> like it. As we talk about 1989's Batman, as I tried to very eloquently set up before, this is the <laughs> third time that um, an attempt was made to uh, create a Batman movie. This is also, I feel like, I feel like probably in terms of the amount of sequels, the most successful one. Hmm. Well, mean, this is, I mean, this is the third live action iteration. So there right. were the serials in the 40s. There was Adam West uh, TV show, which I loved as a kid in the 60s. No, as a kid when they aired on reruns on PBS in the 90s. Right. Um, and then there was this. Um, came out in 1989, uh, mm-hmm. more than 10 years after Superman. And I looked it up. They were trying to make this movie for many years because it did seem really weird that Superman would come out be a massive hit 
And then for 10 years, everyone would just sit around and then suddenly go, oh, fuck, what about Batman? <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like the original, uh, the person who was trying to pitch the movie wanted it to be darker. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, no, we want the Batman from the 1966 movie with Adam West. Where yeah. Like- Batman, the tone had been uh, was very different. People thought of him as, um, you know, uh, holy, holy, whatever, Batman. Yeah. Um, and I love that, that and West thing. But then in the comics, meanwhile, people like Frank Miller had decided that Batman needed to be greedy as fuck. Yeah. And it feels like this movie kind of split the difference. It hmm. does feel to me, I mean, I, I suppose we'll get into it later on, but it did feel to me like sort of a live action cartoon in many ways, not like cartoony necessarily, mm-hmm. but there was definitely a lot of cartoon logic to it. And yeah. I could definitely imagine this being animated. And, but so, yeah, so it did feel like they were trying to be darker, like the mood is darker, but still right. like the stuff that takes place is fairly cartoony, I would say. Yeah, they took stuff from the the Frank Miller comic, the, the, the shot of the fucking fucking Martha Wayne stupid fucking pearl necklace that has now Fuck. been in every Batman origin story is straight out out of the panels of uh, the Dark Knight Returns. I did book. like that it was followed by some popcorn being spilled, which yes. almost felt like a Zuckerberg level. Is it Zuckerberg? The, like, the, the Zazz yeah. movies? Yeah, like it's. Oh felt- no, it's just the Zucker. Zuckerberg Zucker. is Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I was like, that sounded wrong. What is the right way to say? It? <laughs> but it felt like a Naked Gun parody almost. Like I expected, like a third thing to drop in there. <laughs> well, it is kind of Zuckerberg because, like, the rest of the internet is is beautiful pearls, and then Facebook buys them and turns them into shitty popcorn in the rain. Wow, hashtag commentary. Yeah, fuck, yeah take that, political. <laughs> anyway, you are pro- you probably clicked on this podcast from a link on Facebook, <laughs> the only way we really promote. Um, Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, they've been trying to make this, uh, make this and this is the, the biggest difference, you talk about the tone, the biggest difference in this movie um, from modern superhero movies, which we watch so much of on this podcast, Gosh. which is... It's kind of insane that we would choose this past movie, but it's 30-year anniversary is this weekend. Um, uh, mod- so modern superhero movies, for the most part, in their bizarre fucking collective universes, they all have a feel of a piece. And this is very much like something like the Spider-Man movies, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, where it feels like trying to replicate but update a tone from the 40s Mm -hmm. and i'm not just talking about the um you know the noir german expressionistic set design but also some like people act like they're in a cartoon the same way people kind of do in the sam raimi spider-man movies Mm -hmm. which i um i love it's why spider-man 2 and batman returns are batman returns the one after this are my favorite superhero movies oh wow um i watched this uh with my girlfriend she found it incredibly off-putting <laughs> uh, I, she got into the swing eventually i believe or she just uh wanted Give me up. to shut up about it <laughs> but uh uh but no she was like she was just like why is everyone acting like this yeah it's definitely like my favorite batman movies are the nolan movies mm-hmm. especially because you have no heart yeah, and I love the color blue, and uh, and especially the Dark Knight. And this is definitely different. <laughs> I and but I remember really liking the aesthetic of these movies mm-hmm. growing up, because uh, it felt like very. 
And yeah, I guess we like talking about the set design of this. This movie looks very cool, but mm. it aged so much that like we basically we don't make movies like that anymore in the sense of like these are all just sets. This looks like it could be like an attraction on like a Disney backlot. Like they ever if they ever built like Gotham on yeah. like a back lot, this is what this would look like. Well, I I grew up near Six Flags Great Adventure, which had uh, Batman the Ride and a bunch of Batman movies, and had you know the lo- the cues for those rides had lines that kind of looked like these sets because it all is like warehouse sets leading up to matte paintings, mm-hmm. and it has a very specific look. Which I, yeah, I I love it. Yeah, I I I really like it, but it definitely does look jarring compared to the sort of the superhero movies we know now. And yeah, it is very interesting, like what you said about like Kristen not like being on board with it. Because it does feel like if you're just, if you're very just used to the movies of today, I would be curious with like if someone like young was trying to like look back into like the Batman canon and seeing this, what they would think. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's pushed. So this one has a very bizarre feel where, you know, it's um, it's the 40s. It is 1989, but everyone dresses like it's the 40s. Yeah, everyone acts like a gangster. It oh, yeah. sort of feels like certain shots are very much like Brian De Palma shots hmm. from like the Untouchables or something. Just like all these like low angles sometimes or like... I mean, in a cool way, but it, it's sort of like, it's very much, I think, trying for that. Well, not to make Kristen sound like some kind of uh, a plebeian, as she was a film <laughs> student. So she was pointing out shots. So it has a lot of shots based on uh, a German film. So she was pointing out shots that are direct replications of scenes from M, the Fritz Lang movie. Oh, the movie where there's a... Wait, is M Fritz Lang? I'm going to, someone's going to fucking, uh, oh shit, shit. I'm gonna sound like an idiot I'm on a podcast. Sure it's not. Fuck, Fritz Lang did Metropo- Me- uh, Metropolis, Metropolis, which yeah. this movie also. One minute, guys. I know that M had Peter Lorre as the star of I it. I also know. And a famous scene, and the balloon flies up to show that the child is dead. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia is not. I can't find the, the page for M. I'm just getting Ma. Oh, no. That's like M is the hardest movie to search for. Um, All right. I should. You know what? I'll keep talking. Can you look it up? You're on a computer. I'm on a computer. I'll look it up. On Uh, your phone? (laughs) I will look it up on my phone because I think my Wi-Fi is acting. Um, But yeah, so this was uh, was 1989. This was uh, Tim Burton um, off the uh, success of Beetlejuice. and Which is another funny thing of like... That Beetlejuice guy, he has what it takes. Well, what, what else had he made before? Um, uh, he'd made Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice, and there must have been something in between. Uh, uh, I'm gonna look that up too. Well, yeah, but it's I. I wish the one thing that bumps me out about the shared universes is that movies can't be their own weird thing. Like I, I as much fun as this one is, Batman Returns pushes it even further and is just this insane gothic opera nightmare that <laughs> kind of maybe doesn't have that much to do with Batman, but is its own wonderful thing. Actually, that says only, those are his only full-length movies before... Oh, wow. And yeah. Beetlejuice was 80... What year? 85? 88, so one year prior. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought there was a big gap. That makes more sense. And then he makes Edward Scissorhands the mm-hmm. year after Batman. 
And he goes, you, Johnny Depp, being everything. Do you think uh, he introduced Alec Baldwin to uh, Kim Basinger? Oh, did... Oh, I wonder. Mm. He was like, hey, Vicky Vale, you know, on my last movie, there was a this charming fellow you should With meet. With some temperament issues. Hey, have a baby, and he will yell at it sometime in the future. Um, yeah, Tim Burton knows the future. <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, most people don't realize that the Tim Burton is uh, knows the future, um, which is why someday we will all love the Dumbo remake. He's like, I didn't make this for you now. Oh, you are right. It was Fritz Lang, BT Dubs. Oh, thank fucking God. Okay. <laughs> Good. Oh, moving yay, on. Moving on. So anyway, so there was this guy. He was, uh, I forget his name, Ulsan, Uslan, who was trying to pitch the Batman movie, mm-hmm. I believe, to places. And then eventually it landed in on at the doorstep mm-hmm. or at the hair salon of John Peters yep. and Peter Gruber. For those who don't know, John Peters, which I learned from a very delightful Kevin Smith uh, <laughs> Q&A, uh, used to be Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. And he leveraged that position to produce, uh, I believe he produced her... Oh, he produced a main event where, where she plays a boxer. Yeah. And uh, he became a producer. He, uh, after Batman produced, well, he produced the other Batman movies, but he then went on to produce Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a delightful guy all around. <laughs> yeah. And uh, give do yourself a favor and give a listen to Kevin Smith's talk about John Peters because I could never do it justice. But anyway, he and... If if you guys want to know a little bit about me, uh, Kevin Smith and Tim Burton, absolutely my favorite movie directors when I was in middle school. And I most certainly have not seen like the most recent five movies of either filmmaker. Yeah, I used to really like Kevin Smith as well. I loved Kevin Smith. Man, I've read them fucking comics. I've been to (laughs) Jan's Bob's Secret Stash. I have been to Dr. Walt Flanagan there. Uh, I've only been to the one in LA. Mm. I don't know if those still exist. You fucking sell out. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I used to, I bought, like, signed DVDs off his website. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the website? Was it VSQ Universe or something like that? Mm-hmm. Or, that sounds right. But, yeah, I I was, I used to, and his, I got to say, that man, I would still, like, if he's in town doing a Q&A, I would go see that Q&A. The man can talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I have not seen probably anything since Clerks 2. Yeah, and uh, he has podcasts. They're they're almost as popular as this one. Oh, almost. They um, are. Uh, we might someday have Kevin Smith yeah. on if there's like a thing, an appropriate thing that we think could work for and, both of us. And good news, the same way that uh, that he made Tusk based on a bit from his podcast, <laughs> we do. We are writing a script based on all of our great uh, uh, failed intros from oh, this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a conservative two hundred. <laughs> minute long movie uh anywho anywho yes 10 years after superman came out which is so insane to me because that would be like that would be like if next year someone made like a movie adaptation of the hercules tv show and it was the biggest movie in the world and it took them 10 years to make xena that's crazy yeah, but you know, they used to take their time in the past. There was no it was accelerated an, <laughs> culture. It was an there, easy going time. Yes, they were like, we'll take our time. The kids have other stuff to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. They'll play outside. 
anyway, uh, shall we actually talk about the movie? Yes, let's get into it. Okay. Batman Begins. Okay. The way all Batman movies do. But not Batman Begins. We're not talking Fuck, about Batman Begins. I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> all right, let me get this. Let me do this again. This is taking me Batman forever. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. At the beginning. Stop robbing us of this <laughs> intro. Oh, God. Um, Batman v Superman. <laughs> you can't even make a pun. The title's that bad. No. Um, all right. So, um, this movie begins uh, the way many Batman movies do. Um, with a family leaving a theater. And you have a father and a mother and a little boy. And just as you're like, man, Thomas Wayne's a real nebbish douche in this version. And why doesn't anyone recognize that one of the richest people in the world is wandering lost through the city? Yeah, but also, like, why does this kid have a map if they're from the city? (laughs) I was getting really confused. I was like, like, are they that rich that they need a map to downtown? (laughs) Um, But then it's revealed that this is a bit of a feint as they... uh, some criminals rob them, but no one gets shot. No superheroes are origined. Oh. Instead, they run away, and we realize this is not a flashback. This is now, because Batman is watching these two criminals. We mm-hmm. also see that this takes place shortly after Batman has taken up, taken up wing, taken wing? Taken a wing. Um, because He's taken Gotham under his wing. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, to go uh, to another Frank, Frank Miller book, this is year one-ish, mm-hmm. um, and he is still uh, an urban legend to the criminals of the city, and they talk a bit about the bat, and one of the criminals is like, that's fucking stupid, mm-hmm. and the other criminal's like, no, I think it's real, and then in the background, we see a stuntman in a very <laughs> uncomfortable costume slowly descend. Um, this is a, this would be around the point where my girlfriend was like, why is everyone acting like this? Why is Batman doing this? Um, but this is, this, this ain't your Zack Snyder's daddy's Batman. This is a... Zack Snyder's daddy? (laughs) It probably is Zack Snyder's daddy's Batman. This is the Batman created by Bob Kane, but not really, mostly created by Bill Finger of the 1940s. And he's really just there to scare the shit out of criminals more than anything. So he's super theatrical. And he appears, and it's Michael Keaton. Sorry, fanboys of 1988. It's Mr. Mom himself, Michael <laughs> Keaton. Um, uh, in one of the first big instances of comic book fans pissing their fucking collective pants over a casting, mm. um, they were not happy about Michael Keaton, but, but they got into it. But the, also, he's great. They, they did not have the platform to really be angry about it at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. At, at, uh, night, those were the days. In the late 80s, uh, nerds just had to scream at walls. Yeah, or like print a zine. And make death threats to walls. <laughs> um, <laughs> and say, hey, don't gender swap my wall. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so Michael Keaton appears. He scares one of them. He li- lifts the guy over the side of the roof. And the guy's like, who are you? And he says the classic line did I do that (laughs) (laughs) sorry Um, yeah he says I'm Batman (laughs) I'm Batman (laughs) the criminal's like don't drop me I'll get you a date with Laura I promise (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, no he says I'm I'm Batman 
Um, and then he lets the guy down and he jumps off the roof because he's fucking Batman. But then he vanishes. And then um, some police show up as, as well as Arliss himself, Robert Wool. Yeah, <laughs> Arliss has a big role in this movie. Yeah. And you know who doesn't have a big role in the beginning of this movie? Batman and Bruce yeah. Wayne. And I think it's really cool. It's just like this the first 20 minutes of this movie doesn't play like a comic book adaptation. It plays like how you would structure a movie about a world where there's a Batman and that's a new thing. Right. But it also like, I mean, Jack Nicholson is credited first. I mean, fame aside, yes. it does tell you like where their priorities are. This is <laughs> very much Jack Nicholson's uh, movie. They they hid his final makeup from the press. Um they yeah. also hid the title Batman from the press. Uh, <laughs> really? Was it an untitled Batman movie? <laughs> well, this movie, um, people but point out how, how much, uh, I was reading an article uh, recently, I didn't love the article, but they were pointing out how this really um, proved to studios how much money you could make off of existing IP. Mm. And this movie was marketed, at, the poster for this movie, if you look it up, is just the bat signal. Right, yeah. It has no text on it, aside mm -hmm. from, like, summer, I think. Summer. Yeah. And they continued that. This is a true story. Years later, um, in, I guess it would be 96 or 7, I don't remember, I was in the mall, and I went to a WB store. Kids, let me tell you about WB stores. But first, <laughs> let me tell you about malls. <laughs> malls were places that existed. And um, there were Disney stores. And then the WB was like, we can get in on that. And they created WB stores. I've never been to a WB yeah, store. Yeah, they sold them. Um, so this would be the time when people bought like sh sweatshirts with like Tweety Bird wearing like gangster rap clothes. Oh, yeah. I had I had one of the Tasmanian Devil and Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Why? Why? Why did any of us have this? Those but, are cute. <laughs> I like those. I would want one of those now. I would, I would, I would wear it to work. Did they also sell some Buffy swag or like Dawson's Creek or is it just like Warner Brothers? Well, this when, when did Batman? Uh, this was uh, too early for Buffy swag. Buffy was Buffy was ninety seven, and this was well. Uh, t so they put on the screen because they didn't have the internet. So it was the first time I saw a trailer for Batman Forever. Oh, and okay, the, yeah, the, that's way yeah. early. And at the end of the trailer, it just had the bat signal and said Forever. And I remember, this is true, running up to my mom and excitedly saying, Mom, there's a new Batman movie. And for some reason, it's just called Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Which and, I believe is a Mel Gibson movie. And your mom was like, I've raised an idiot. I wanted to leave you in the WB store forever. <laughs> and that's how I was raised by the WB store. Well, you were raised by a Tweety Bird and gangster don't be ridiculous. I was raised by Michigan J. Frog. Michigan? That's his name? Yeah, you don't know the full, no, full title of the dancing frog from the WB? I mean, I thought that it was an M name, but I didn't think it was Michigan. Um, I believe I he's named him, in the, the, the uh, Chuck Jones cartoon. Uh, We're fucking in the weeds, guys. He, remember those WB interstitials where he would like dance? This is 100% how we ended up with a two-hour-long Men in Black International episode. People like to reminisce. Why would you listen to an episode about an 89 <laughs> movie if you don't want to reminisce? Well, we're reminiscing about the wrong decade. I know. That's our bad. <laughs> anyway. Any Um. So... Um, 
Uh, where were we? All oh, right, oh, Arliss. So yeah, so Arliss uh, is convinced that the Batman is real, but no one believes him. Yeah, he is a reporter named Knox, and everyone else, including all the police, uh, we meet a police detective named Eckhart who speaks like this, which is a fun voice, but makes all of his dialogue take two times as long as it should. <laughs> um, he's there, and we also discover that he's a corrupt cop. We discover a whole fun little. Uh, a community of characters um, that so, are gonna die. <laughs> a lot of them won't exist soon, but, um, <laughs> but so there's Eckhart the detective, and he, and then we see that he is reporting to a mysterious criminal named Jack Napier, played by the one and only Jack Nicholson. And the one weird criticism uh, that my girlfriend had that I agree with is that it's very hard to watch a movie starring Jack Nicholson where people keep calling him Jack in the I movie. I know, but he plays <laughs> characters named Jack or Jake a lot. Well, Chinatown is Jake. What Jack other Jacks Torrance. Are oh, good. Yeah. That, oh, you know what? I was just, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Can you just not remember Karen's name? <laughs> yeah, my name is Jack. I got it. Okay. <laughs> like, Jack Torrance makes sense. That was in the book, but, but like, they just made up this name for the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe that's his thing. Yeah, why would you name it Jack Napier? Just, like, rename him once you... Is he from the comics? Do we ever know that the Joker's name they is Jack briefly, Napier? They um, briefly... After this movie, they briefly used that for a bit, but no. No, a lot of the things done with the Joker in this movie are purely inventions. I for heard this film. that it, some of it is apocryphal. I'm not a comic book reader, but uh, I guess we'll get to that. Yes, a bit the later. stuff about <laughs> the actual Tom Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne, not the characters we've seen so far, is uh, was made up for this movie. Right, which is kind of weird. But um, not to not to freak anyone out, but um, uh, most things about Batman are were made up at one point. Whoa, really? <laughs> yes, Batman uh, is not a historical document. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, Batman actually, uh, uh, it's true. That, like um, like Jesus. Um, some of the stories might not be true, but there was a historical Batman. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And <laughs> that can be proven. Uh, who's the... So in that scenario, was Alfred the one who actually documented all of his exploits? Yeah. Have you never the, read the Gospel of Alfred? The Gospel according to Alfred. Accompanied by the the um, <laughs> the sketchings of Vicky Vale. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always was more... Uh, uh, what's... Uh, what's I always preferred the what's her name? What's Super gonna... Superman's Lois Lane? No, what's that? What's the name of the Nicole Kidman character? Oh, um, Something I, I don't like that movie, but I remember it. Her name is Doctor Meridian Chase. Meridian Chase, that is my favorite. <laughs> Which gospel. is up there um, with my favorite, uh, one of my favorite female lead name, names of all time, um, the nuclear physicist played by Denise Richards in the James Bond movie The World Is Not Enough. Her name is Dr. Christmas Jones. And my favorite... Do you do you remember the pun line that ends that movie? I don't know. Hold on. I've never seen that movie. Can I guess? Oh, yes. Please. Please. See if you can if you can guess or get close to this. It would be amazing. Uh, uh, my Christmas log is getting hot. It is sexual. You're very close. Oh, my God. Uh... Uh, it's so good. And you know, she was only named for this one line. Uh, oh man. Does it involve ho, ho, ho? No, no. Oh. James Bond is much classier than that. Okay, no, I don't think I have it. 
I don't think that um, was classy as James Bond. We see James Bond and Dr. Dr. Christmas Jones at the end of Passion. And Pierce Brosnan. The end of Passion? What are you, a lady <laughs> from the 40s? Post-coital. At the end of Passion? And James Bond looks at, Chris, at Christmas Jones and says, Huh. Well, I thought Christmas only came once a year. Oh, God. <laughs> that is actually kind of beautiful. I like it. Hats off to whoever 10 writers wrote that movie. <laughs> I I just thought there's no reason for her name to be. It's so stupid. So I love the idea that her name was like Sally for like eight script revisions, and then yeah. one writer saying, "Hey, I got I got I got a joke pitch, but we're gonna need to name the character Christmas." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, no, it's great. I love Arliss it. is here. Uh, yeah. But no, uh, Eckhart, uh, the detective, um, uh, is working, is a corrupt cop, and he's working for uh, Jack Napier, a criminal played by Jack Nicholson, just having a fucking ball. Oh, man. Jack Nicholson did not eat a meal during this, <laughs> his filming of Batman from all the scenery that he chewed in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to eat it or Jack Palance would run in and eat, eat it all for him. <laughs> Um, we'll get to Jack Palance soon. Jack Palance plays Carl Grissom, who we learn is the major mafioso, uh, major gangster in this city filled with crime, Gotham City. And yeah. he's his number one man <laughs> is Jack Napier. However, Jack Napier is fucking Grisham's girlfriend, Alicia, is that her name? And also Mick Jagger's wife. Does Mick oh, Jagger know about it? Yeah, Jerry <laughs> Hall. Yeah. And we get um, one of the great lines where uh, in his, I believe, first scene, uh, Jack Napier is looking in a mirror and Alicia comes up and says, you look fine. And Jack Nicholson very slowly turns to her and says, I didn't ask. <laughs> But no, I said it peevish. He says it. He says it cool. Yeah, I didn't ask. I don't. I you don't sound have like a Gollum. <laughs> the I coolest didn't ask cinematic. My precious. <laughs> Famously <laughs> coolest of the cool cinematic what? characters. Is Gollum not cool? Damn it! I have to take off so many posters from my walls right now. <laughs> uh, uh, no. So. Uh, so yes. So Jack Napier is set up as a. He is a gangster on the rise who is fucking around on his wife's girlfriend. And also we... Uh, whoa. whoa. Wake we, up, <laughs> people. That is an alarm I set. And the worst thing is, I don't know why. Aww. Oh, no. I set that alarm and I have no idea why. Well, Uh-oh. dear listener, if you know why John said that alarm... Feel free. If you're a person I was supposed to send an email to tonight um, and you listen to this podcast and you're angry that I didn't send you an email on the night of Tuesday, uh, June 25th, um, uh, this is why. Do you set yourself alarms for emails? Well, it's clearly for something. It was an alarm. But that seems like a bad thing. Just set a reminder. I I definitely made this alarm. Oh, fuck. I have no idea what it was for. I have no idea. All right, if you anyway. do remember what it is for, you should say it during the podcast. Oh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's... It was... Some, oh, God. Oh, I'm so fucked. It was definitely important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the fucking uncle in It's a Wonderful Life just staring at all the, like, strings on my fingers right now. Oh, what was that? What was that? Um, yeah, alarms are... I mean, John, just for future reference, alarms are a bad reminder. Well, yeah... 
I don't know. Anyway, any hoozle. Um, Is that a new thing? Are you trying to make any hoozle happen? I say that, I say that all the time. That's an affect I've been using for years. Uh, <laughs> so um, I've been cool for years. John <laughs> <laughs> Jack Napier, uh, um, uh, arrogant and a little crazy. And um, not a big fan of Eckhart. Eckhart, also not a big fan of his. And after they have a little altercation... Eckhart reveals that he knows that Jack Napier is fucking Grisham's girlfriend, which probably means Grisham knows Grissom. the same. Is it Grisham? It's not John Grisham. <laughs> wait, wait. Jack Palance was not playing the author of The Firm? That would have been great. <laughs> Alas, he's not. I think it's Grisham. Whatever. Carl Grisham? Sure. I, I don't know if he's I, a character from the comics either. He doesn't last so long. Definitely not Gil Grisham. But Gil <laughs> It is Carl Grisham. Anyway, so, a lot of crime. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Arliss uh, writes his article about the stories of the six-foot-tall bat, and he is mocked by everyone at the newsroom, including Bob Kane himself, but not Bill Finger, because DC Comics had not yet admitted that Bill Finger created the character, so he's not there. Um, also, he might have been dead at this point. Um, But he's definitely not credited in the movie. He wasn't credited until the aforementioned Batman v Superman. Oh, wow. It really took them that long? Yeah, it was a huge legal thing. Um, Anyway, yep. Comics creators not treated well. Uh, (laughs) um, So uh, that's why I only read Spawn comics. Were those people credited? Well, they it was created by a company of creators who created their own company of creators. I thought it wasn't Spawn DC. No, it was Todd McFarlane at um, oh. its image, but then also he screwed over like people like Neil Gaiman who wrote for Spawn, oh. and they had a big legal dispute about characters like Angela, who's like a, a, a demon in a bikini. I saw the Spawn movie, remembered zero things about it except for how much I hated it. <laughs> I don't know anything. What? I, but John Leguizamo plays a character named uh, The Violator. I re- it's also one of the first movies. Who is just Jack Nicholson from this movie. <laughs> it was one of the first movies I was allowed to see alone. So I remember like going to the mall with a friend of mine. And we were both just like so confused and you by were just how like, terrible Let's that go movie see Spawn? is. I don't know. It was only like four movies mm. that bet like that was the one that we saw ads for. We were not very discerning clients. You know what's funny? Um, I, I was having a conversation with people recently and they, they, they were asking, what is the first movie you saw where you realized movies could be bad? And oh. for me, it was Batman uh, and Robin. Oh. I saw it in the theaters and I was like, I was like, I don't think I, I don't think this is good oh for me it was definitely the second mortal Kombat movie oh mortal annihilation Kombat. yeah i i love well you're first... a big you're a big johnny cage fan and they killed him off yes! in the beginning <laughs> and i like the original sonya and mm-hmm. they replaced her but uh yeah like the first mortal Kombat. for some reason i still don't know to this day we were taken as a third grade class what? to see that movie in school wait why? I don't know. Were you studying Goro in social studies? <laughs> I literally would could not tell you. I just know we were driven to the movie theater and we saw Mortal Kombat and our like eight, nine-year-old brains were blown. <laughs> well, it's very educational. I mean, 
Um, first off, it's martial arts. That's physical fitness. That's gym and class. also different cultures. Yep, yep, yeah. The the great culture of the outer realms. Yes, exactly. The world, whatever the fuck it's they called. They traveled to Hong Kong. We didn't like. In case you were wondering, like, did they ask you to write a paper about it? No. Like, it was not ever spoken about uh, ever again. Other than like, everyone was like singing the theme song for like weeks after oh, yeah. everyone's like dun, 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 dun. anyway i didn't even like that movie but i had the soundtrack on cassette oh man i love that movie so much so then when my mom let me go alone to a movie theater to see annihilation i was so excited oh no and oh my god that movie was such a disappointment <laughs> oh man i was i think that was like the first time i was like oh no <laughs> Movie's gonna be bad. Um, the back of this movie. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. How dare you be the only one who's driving us off target? <laughs> I've clearly been discussing just the movie this entire time. Um, so uh, Robert Wall is back in the newsroom, and no one believes him except for a pair of legs that belong to <laughs> Kim. That is how she's introduced, as a pair of legs um, that belong to Kim uh, Kim Basinger's Vicky Vale, photojournalist, a fashion journalist turned war wartime uh, war zone journalist, which is an, an interesting transition, I gotta say. Yeah, and she's continuing her tradition, but she wants to be the first person she believes. She's the only one who believes Arliss's articles. I switch back and back and forth between <laughs> Arliss and Robert Wool, and I'm absolutely not saying his name, character name, because I don't remember it. Didn't uh, you Fox? say his name is it's Knox? Knox, Knox. Yeah, Alex Knox. Knox, maybe? It is Alexander Knox. Foxy Knoxy himself, <laughs> Arliss. Um, and uh, she's the only one who believes him, and she believes that she can get photographs, and together they can prove the Batman exists. Mm. And they decide um, they can get information by listening to the police, because they think the police is hiding info about the Batman. And, you know, the police are actually going to a banquet at mm-hmm. um, this tertiary character, uh, Bruce Wayne's house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess we forgot to mention, I think they mentioned it at this point, that Gotham is uh, readying for its 200-year oh, yes. celebration. And uh, in like to celebrate, they're going to eradicate crime, apparently, with the help of the new shiny DA, Harvey Harvey Dent. Well, I don't, I don't even believe they are trying to eradicate crime. They're just trying to limit it to the point where people can <laughs> safely walk the street. Exactly. And yes, this is uh, the plan of um, the fake egg cot choose the mayor and uh, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Yay. Very sad because, like I was saying earlier, this, along with like Jodorowsky's Dune, is like my saddest pop culture never was because Billy mm. D. Williams was cast in this movie and basically a cameo so that he could be Two-Face later and it never happened and well, instead we got Tommy Lee Jones's terrible Two-Face and I love Tommy Lee Jones but it's terrible well that whole movie is just yeah Batman terrible. Forever is not great but it's no Batman and Robin Although, you know, I haven't watched either recently, so maybe they are... Batman and Robin is a movie that I'm like, every time I decide to watch it, I'm like, it can be as bad as I remember it, and then I watch it. It How often do you decide to watch it? I've seen it now three times based on that presumption. Because I was like, it can't be that bad. I'm sure I'll enjoy it on some level, and I enjoy it on no (laughs) level whatsoever. abusive relationship with Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. I'm like... can be. I like all the actors involved. Mm. Like, on paper, this could be okay. And maybe it's a fun camp. It's also not that. It's yeah. just so terrible. It's like the showgirls of 
Batman movies. Yes, and we are on the record as uh, uh, thinking that Showgirls is not a reclaimed classic. Yes. Even as the uh, Paul Verhoeven superfans that we are, it's just not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. It's actually like perpetuating the same things. It's attempting to quote unquote criticize or satirize or whatever. It's anyway. almost as if the screenwriters of Paul Verhoeven's other movies are better than Joe Esserhaus. What? The man who wrote a movie where uh, Bill Clinton's <laughs> penis is talking for a long time? No, it's a novel. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cannot write subtle things. I was going to say, I didn't see that one. Was that Burn Hollywood Burn or whatever the fuck that no, was? No, so he wrote a book after the uh, the L- Monica Lewinsky scandals where like there is a monologue from the perspective of Bill Clinton's penis. Mm-hmm. I have not read it. I've only read about it. Do you have to be exactly our age and have seen exactly the movies we've seen to not find this podcast completely impenetrable? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's just, at this point, a torrent of references to <laughs> Nonsense. I just referenced Burn Hollywood Burn, a movie <laughs> no Alex one has Smithy seen. Story. I haven't even fucking seen it. No one has seen it, but like no, people get the reference, I would hope. People get the reference to the little scene <laughs> Eric Idol picture Burn Hollywood. I don't think so. Oh man. Well, if you do, dear listener, please drop us a line. But also, if you don't, it would help us with our segues. Anyway, so they go to a banquet at Bruce Wayne's house. And as of yet, we have not met Bruce Wayne. Um, and we don't meet him until Vicky Vale walks up to a handsome stranger and says, Hey, do you know who Bruce Wayne is? Turns around, it's fucking Michael Keenan. It is Bruce Wayne. But he's so cool. He's like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know. But see, does that work given... Like, I'm trying to put myself on the mindset of someone from 1989 mm. who I guess has only seen the trailers. People would know, I guess, that he is Batman, but I don't know that we've seen much to indicate that he is Batman. We, the first real, so if you come into, if in some bizarre, weird way, you have made it to you are a uh, teenager or however old you need to be to see this movie you somehow are decide hey i'd like to see oh batman what does that mean <laughs> i've never heard of this character no, before but i mean but like so michael keaton is famous he's not like crazy famous at that point right so like just putting like an actor in that thing and i get the joke but it's mm. just like I don't know that everyone got the joke. Well, we get a we get a good look at him, so we know he's important. But it's only I was thinking about this like what like is this movie so is this scene supposed to work if you don't know a he's Bruce Wayne and b he's Batman? But we do. It's very shortly after this that we see him reveal that he's Bruce Wayne, right, and it's no. the very next scene that it's. In case you didn't get it, a reveal that Listen, he's Batman. Listen, I got it. I was just concerned for the dumb people yes. in the audience. Well, I actually like because it is structure that it could work as a mystery, and we don't really. We're like, what's this dude's deal? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so um, at, everyone's at the banquet. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Dent, um, um, and they're hanging out and. Um, Arliss and Vicky Vale go into a room and just shit all over Bruce Wayne, who they don't know who he is. It's a very funny scene, and then Bruce Wayne comes. Oh, they're shitting over, shitting on all of his uh, art. Uh, antiques and yeah. art. Um, and he's like, "Where's this from?" Um, and a man comes and goes, "It's from Japan." And he and Arliss goes, "How do you know?" And it's Bruce Wayne. He says, "Cause I bought it there." 
Oh no, it's Japanese because I bought it in Japan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. I love it. It's great. It's fun. <laughs> um, and this is happening. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back in Gangland, Ooh. Jack Palance's Carl Grissom is uh, desperately trying to wrestle some of the scenery away from Jack Nicholson <laughs> so he can devour it. Um, and it, we see that he knows that Jack Nicholson, uh, Jack Napier, is <laughs> fucking his girlfriend. And so he sends him on a mission that he's actually sending him to get killed by the police. So he calls his corrupt co cop Eckhart and tells him where to go. Meanwhile, back at the banquet, um, a good noble police officer comes to tell Commissioner Gordon that uh, the corrupt cop is doing some kind of secret sting operation and they have to go stop it because clearly something's up. Mm -hmm. And then Alfred dutifully informs Bruce Wayne, oh, um, by the way, uh, the commissioner Gordon was called away in an emergency. Um, perhaps you should go um, through uh, that door and, <laughs> and maybe see what's up. Uh, <laughs> he is so discreet, Alfred. I uh, wish I had an Alfred. Yeah, except for the part where he just brings Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Yeah, that was like a weird, uh, weird call. Apparently, Alfred. and I only know this because I, I was two when this movie came out. Um, so I only know this after the fact that apparently that was, while this movie was one of the biggest, this movie was so fucking big and people loved it and comic book fans were like, yeah, fucking Batman. But like, that was the one scene where like the real nerds were like, Alfred would never do that. <laughs> but also in all of like the four movies mm. of that series, yeah. I feel like in every single one of them, Bruce Wayne tells his love interest in that movie that is Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like, and they're always like, always... she'll be back next movie. <laughs> that was always like a weird trope. It's almost a trope in those movies. At the very least, Vicky Vale is mentioned in the next film, in Batman Returns. It's implied they broke up. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that olive branch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, um, so everyone, so Jack Napier is going to a chemical factory um, he's assigned to do some crime there by uh, Jack Palance. Um, meanwhile, Eckhart and all his dirty cops are showing up there to kill him, while whereas Commissioner Gordon and all the good cops are showing up to stop stop Eckhart and arrest Napier so they can arrest Grissom, and Batman's showing up to be fucking Batman. <laughs> and he basically reveals himself to Commissioner Gordon and all the cops. He fights the goons. And he's about to, he's about to arrest, uh, he's about to take in Napier when suddenly uh, Jack Napier's sick henchman, Bill? Is it Bill or Bob? Is that, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, is... Fisher Stevens? Oh my God, is it? Well, one of them is Fisher Stevens. Oh, oh my God, I didn't even realize it. I think so. I might, I might be wrong, but he definitely looked like Fisher Stevens. <laughs> Am I wrong? I really thought that was Fisher Stevens. He looked recognizable. I don't know that it was... Man. But anyway, he's got a cool henchman um, who gets the drop on Commissioner Gordon. And so he's like, he's like, let, let Jack go to Batman or I'll plug the commissioner. And mm. Batman lets Jack go. Um, and Jack could have just walked away, but he has to take the moment to shoot Eckhart. And then he's about to, and then Batman gets a drop on him, and then he uh, sh shoots a Batman who deflects the bullet with his sick gloves, mm. and then um, it hits some spray thing that sprays in Napier's face, and he falls into the chemicals. Will we ever see him again?
again? No, he's gone. <laughs> End of movie. Lee Credits and... roll. So, John, what did you think of that movie? I thought it was pretty short. <laughs> uh, no, so then Batman, everyone, the police chase Batman, Batman runs away, and then we see a hand, a chalky white hand, appear out of the chemicals, because Jack's still alive. Oh. And so he runs off to a Nazi doctor. <laughs> um, the doctor from Marathon Man will no. take care of him. <laughs> and we get a great scene um, where the doctor tries his best, um, but clearly he could not fix a Jack's chemicaled up face, but we do not see what's happened to him yet. Um, mm. And uh, more scenes happen here, but I, I don't I don't remember the exact order. I mean, Arliss and we Vicky can Vale sort of, do more shit. Yeah, I think we can sort of. Uh, yeah, so Vicky uh, Vicky Vale hooks up with uh, Bruce Wayne. Oh right, yes, they start dating. Yeah, they start dating. Uh, but the important thing is that Jack is back very quickly. He takes, uh, he basically takes over the Grism operation with his goons. In in a series of great scenes. I mean, Jack Nicholson is hamming it up, and it's super fun. Yeah, he's great. And it's also, like, it's, it's great and dark and creepy. The Joker's makeup is horrifying, especially when he puts, uh, so he, he looks like a, crazy clown we had a long talk about how they made his lips turn up like that yeah it's some he's got weird fake cheeks but then also something in his mouth to make it look like he's constantly smiling yeah i wonder how painful that was yeah probably very um and the first time we see him he goes to get uh, carl grissom for betraying him and he slowly walks into the light so we see a little bit more of his face sheet chime until he reveals that, yeah, he's just a fucking clown. <laughs> and then he shoots Carl Grissom a bunch of times, although he somehow doesn't die because we see him later. Yeah, that's true. I was confused by that. Um, and anyway, uh, then he has a meeting. He has a meeting with all the other uh, gangsters um, where he's covered his face up with regular makeup yeah that is creepier it's so disturbing looking. <laughs> i love every scene where he's wearing that makeup because we just see him from the behind and then one of the gangsters says what's with the stupid grin and the camera cuts to him and he's his white <laughs> face with like concealer makeup yeah. and it's so frightening looking and then he um and he, to be fair, has gone into the clown persona real fast and yeah. already has props <laughs> and costume pieces to go with it. Yeah, he is very, yeah, he's like, okay, I guess when life gives you lemons. <laughs> clown it up. Because <laughs> he already has a joy buzzer that murders people. Yeah, he, like, has a lot of accoutrement. Mm -hmm. Like, he's basically trained a whole, like, coterie of, like, clowns, like, whimsical criminals mm -hmm. to go along with him. And so, anyway, so he, uh, so now that he has taken over the operation, he's going back to the plant to produce some sort of a chemical that's basically going to kill you while putting your face into the same position that his face is in. Yeah, he gets... But also murdering your brain he, and killing you. Uh, uh, he um, uh, ruins the face of uh, uh, Mick Jagger's uh, wife. Sorry? Yeah. Well, he like sprays her in the face, but she doesn't really turn into. So well, first, she wears a terrifying face mask for a few scenes. Yeah, which that is I thought, also great. Which I thought at first was like sort of commentary mm -hmm. on like beauty regiments or something. I assumed it was some sort of like a beauty mask, and then like the reveal. Yeah, he like sprayed some like acid in her face, so she has like 
still very fo- photogenic, like scarring on one of her cheeks. We should not have seen her with the reveal scene when we see her face. We shouldn't have seen it. We should have just seen Vicky Vale's reaction. Yeah, it's, th- it's not nearly as horrifying as everyone leads you to believe. Exactly, but it is. It does lead to a funny scene of like uh, there's a newscast. This is the best subplot of the yeah. movie. Yeah, and. Which I I also have like something anyway. So like so there's a newscast and they're like there are these two actresses and they were found dead. <laughs> two models. And they are showing their corpses yes. on a national television and they have like that Joker smiles and then like love that Joker smile. And then as the newscast progresses, uh, the male anchor receives uh, a notice about a third death uh, from that series while the female anchor basically cannot control her laughter. She then collapses and dies in a similar fashion. But you sort of realize that the reason why all those people died is because of like the cosmetics that they put on their face. And then we smash cut into the next (laughs) newscast and no one is wearing makeup. And it's super (laughs) funny. It's great. And then also every time like the Joker cuts into news broadcasts to announce these things. And um, uh, the Jokers, all the Jokers fake newscasts are great. Uh, All this newscast stuff also from like a very inspired by Dark Knight Returns. And it's very fun. All all the makeup stuff. But yeah, the Joker has hidden poison in various makeup products and hygiene products around the city. It's called Smilax. (laughs) Smilax. And but he does. No one knows what it is. And we really we really only get the one shot of the news anchors looking crazy because all our main characters still look fucking hot as shit Yeah, that was the thing that I was going to say. Like, the next scene after they don't wear makeup, Mm. we see, like, Vicky Vale in, like, super nice makeup. The very next scene is Harvey Dent, and he looks Billy Dew Williams cool. There is not a hair out of place. He looks great. But, like, yeah, the next time there was, like, I looked at Vicky Vale, I was like, oh, would they actually, like, have Kim Basinger yeah. without makeup? And I guess she has what we would call natural makeup, but it's very <laughs> clearly a lot of makeup. But then I guess uh, Bruce Wayne says that it's a certain combination of, like, deodorant, something else, and something else that actually, like, causes this thing. So you did have to hit some sort of a jackpot yeah. in order to win the lottery of the weird smile. Yeah, one thing that's great is, is Batman is the world's greatest detective. And I mean, sure, a lot of times he doesn't need to do that much detective work, especially like that. Yeah. The like Adam West series where it's like, oh, someone released all the penguins from the zoo. Who could it be? I'd argue he does no detecting whatsoever. He does a lot of receiving of files from Alfred. Yes. Alfred hands him the <laughs> file on Jack because uh, Jack Napier does a thing where he attacks one of the goons right out in the open along with a bunch of uh, creepy mimes. Yeah. Um, and then um, Bruce Wayne recognized him because he thought he'd killed Jack Napier in the chemicals. And so he asked for the files from Alfred. And Alfred brings it to him. And his files say... <laughs> say Unsolved. Well, his files are like um uh, uh, first arrest for uh, oh, assault yeah. with a deadly weapon at age 15 um homicidal maniac um really good at art and chemistry I know, <laughs> which i love specific. as a cr- criminal file 
Yeah, it's it's a very odd file. It's a file that was written only to explain other scenes in this movie. But this uh, this whole art thing leads into another one of my favorite scenes in the art museum. So uh, Jack Napier at this point wants to get revenge on Batman, but he doesn't know who Batman is. Uh, he wants to get back at him for turning him into the Joker. Um, uh, so he um, is following Arliss. Um, but like, you know, most HBO viewers, he doesn't really want to watch Arliss. Um, and instead is more interested in his photographer, Vicky Vale. And so he, he pretends to be Bruce Wayne, invites her to a date at the art museum. Did you uh, happen to glean the name of the museum? Because it's the delightful. Flugel, what the is the Flugenheim uh, what is the joke? Museum? It's Guggenheim. It's Flugenheim. But what's is there is there a joke behind it besides just it sounds funny? No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I, I, but I still the appreciate Flugelheim it. The Flugelheim Museum. The Flugelheim Museum is um, very funny. We get our first of two big prince sequences. Yes. Uh, where the Joker dances around a prince while ruining price. I mean, he basically so pulls a Banksy. It's sort of like he does, like, even, like, after they put their handprints on things, it still kind of looks cool. I yeah. feel like a lot of people would pay more money for that. It is great. Like, Banksy's worst work is just the Joker in Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he dances around, ruining art. He poisons everyone except for Vicky Vale, who he gives a uh, very photogenic <laughs> gas mask. He gives that her she gas doesn't mask. even put across her face, or she doesn't like use a band or anything. She yes. just like lightly puts it against her mouth. <laughs> and um, then he talks to her about art, and Jack Nicholson hams it up. And then we got the classic shot, uh, very. Very much replicated and ripped off only with a CG cape in the movie Spawn, mm. where uh, oh, Batman boy. breaks through the skylight and fl- floats down in slow motion with his sick cape. Were, this, were the strings supposed to be there? Because I definitely saw a string as it was coming down. <laughs> I would say probably not. But uh, I don't know. He could have rappelled down. That seems that might to be, make uh, sense. I gave um, them the benefit. But of yeah, the he doubt. rescues Vicky Vale, and then he reveals that he's figured out what chemicals uh, have the poison in it, um, and then they escape. And is this a scene where uh, where they get a picture of him? Uh, yeah. So uh, I think you missed the very important segment of him covering his car in plastic, and then uncovering his car in plastic as in they escape. Armor with but plastic. it looks so plasticky. It's. Pretty we get the reveal of the Batmobile about an hour into this movie. It's great. But then they drive two blocks and get stopped in traffic, so they leave. Yeah, there's like <laughs> another very like uh, Zucker brothery like car crash. Very where Zuckerberg. It, it's like every car piles into each other and sort of different kinds of produce and pipes tumble across the street. But yeah, so they are attempting to escape. There's a brawl and then Batman faints for a second. And there's like a joke about Vicky Vale's weight. He asks her how much she weighs to like to be able, I guess, to repel her up. And then she says 108 pounds. Yeah. And uh, there's another point where Kristen went, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, no, they make a joke about it. Don't worry. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so while she is in sort of the rafters of the one of the thousand alleys in Gotham City, I swear, like, Gotham City is the city of alleys. It's not a good place to live. No, just so many alleys. Anyway, uh, she snaps a picture, and the Flash actually is the thing that wakes Batman up, and he is able to fend off the 
crooks. I assumed he was f- pretending being dead to get them to come close uh, to him and leather guard down. See, I did not give him that benefit. Of it, the doesn't, it, it doesn't. Anyway, matter. they hail the bat cab and they <laughs> and they travel back into Bruce uh, Man- uh, Wayne Manor. And uh, yeah, and then uh, what happens? Well, um, then there's a weird joke where he's like, he's like, there's one thing I want. And he pulls his cape up and then we cut to her passed out in a bed and you're like, "Uh, what? (laughs) And then she's like, oh, he took the photos. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so he just knocked her out and that's okay (laughs) because photos. But meanwhile, uh, oh, we haven't put out every one of Alfred's scenes is Alfred being like, Hey, you should get married to Vicky Vale. <laughs> Albert does not know her that well, and I don't no. know. Like, she's fine. <laughs> They've known each other for literally a week. Oh, this. right. And there's a whole thing where uh, Vicky Vale. Uh, so Bruce Wayne clearly lies to her after they sleep together for the first time. He says he's going out of town, and she discovers from Alfred that they're not going out of town. And instead of being like, "Oh, he's just a rich asshole who fucked me," and then is ditching me, she's like, "Clearly, something suspicious is up." And I thought this was a weird plot point, but then I realized, "Oh, right, she." looks like Kim Basinger. Um, <laughs> for me, when someone I sleep with lies to me, I go, oh, she just doesn't want to be with me anymore. <laughs> but if you look like Kim Basinger, you go, clearly something's wrong. Yeah, something is wrong with him. It can <laughs> be me. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so now... Oh, fuck. Why am I blanking on what's happening next? It is it is propulsive, but I'm also like, yeah, it's a bunch of stuff in, in Act 2. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. So then I think there's another broadcast from the Joker where, uh, oh, where. Well, the, the Batman gives Vicky Vale the chemicals. She gives it to Arliss. So they save everyone from um, being poisoned. They get rid of all the poison stuff. And this pisses uh, 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 the Joker off. So. Uh, he moves on to the next step of his plan. Yes, which involves holding the parade celebrations for the mm. 2000 anniversary. 200. 200 anniversary. Yeah, yeah, Gotham uh, is 2000 years old. What, the Flintstones did not live in Gotham? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it involves. I was trying to think of a rock based pun for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Ooh, mm. Boulder Wayne. Bruce Lee. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and so Dick Greystone. That's a good one. Uh, and so uh, there's a, a parade where uh, the uh, the Joker promises to give away twenty million dollars, which you know Prince with inflation song. is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so all the, you know, the greedy citizens of Gotham are, are there like, to collect their money. Wow, that dude who poisoned a lot of us is now now inviting us to Town Square. Kids, Seems kids. legit. Yeah, let's come and see him and his weird balloons. And so, uh, surprise, surprise, the balloons turn out to be filled with noxious gas. Mm-hmm. And uh, but somehow, so Vicky Vale and uh, Knox are there mm-hmm. to report, and she saves herself by just closing the windows of the car. Smart move. He saves himself by putting on those like uh, masks you painter, put, yeah, yeah like uh, you put on when you like paint your walls, and it's still you take it off, and there's paint on your face. We get so, the Robert Wool action scene we all wanted. Oh man. He's. I'm glad he's getting so much I screen like, time. I Knox like, is a great guy. He's super fun. Yeah, I like him. Uh, and so uh, the Joker escapes, uh, but not for long. 
he is uh, he has kidnapped Vicky Vale and he is taunting Batman with Uh-oh. it. And now we are at the climax of the movie. And uh, this is uh, I'm afraid to say the part where the movie gets a little boring. Um, what did you not like the homage to Vertigo? That's yeah, fine. Yeah, there's a big chase scene. We start getting fun new stuff. There's a chase scene in the church. Oh, there's um, an airplane when you meet the oh, Batwing. Oh, yeah, the Batglider flies around, and, and he's... <laughs> Is it Batglider? I thought it was the Batwing. I don't know, but fortunately, he's a, he's Batcopter. Uh, he has bat installed copter. giant uh, float scissors into his Batcopter, so they uh, unle- cut the float and carry them away. Then we get the great scene where he flies in front of the moon, um, <laughs> uh, E.T. style, and the silhouette of his Batwing creates the Batman logo. It's all very fun. The Joker pulls a three-foot-long revolver out of his pants and <laughs> shoots the Batwing down. And then they um, then they have the chase scene in the church. Blah, I gotta blah. say, if you're Batwing or whatever, su- susceptible to a revolver shot, I feel like you misdesigned it. Yeah, it seems like a kind of a... This is kind of where they're like, okay, we gotta end it. <laughs> um, so they, they climb up a church, yada, yada. The Joker falls to his death. Um, Not before dancing. Oh, he dances a lot. Oh, we forgot the most important part where, or sort of a very important part, when Bruce Wayne realizes that the Joker killed his parents. Oh, my God, we did. I've sitting there <laughs> been like, what important part did we miss? Okay, that is important. Yes, um, so also... Uh, uh, Alfred reveals to Vicky Vale, uh, brings Vicky Vale into the uh, Batcave. Um, Bruce Wayne uh, reveals to the Joker that he is um, Batman. Before this, he's going to reveal, and he goes to her apartment to tell her he's Batman in a scene that they apparently wrote the day of because they realized Batman and the Joker didn't have any scenes together. <laughs> um, so the Joker comes to attack Vicky Vale, but Bruce Wayne is there. We have a weird scene where Michael Keaton goes, You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! Which is something George says in an episode of Seinfeld, in one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld. Um, also, no one in this movie ever shoots Batman in the face because he puts a tin in his under his shirt and gets shot, and that saves him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hears uh, he hears um, Jack Napier say. Um, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moon light, pale moonlight? Um, which he remembers that the killer in, his, in a flashback when we finally do see Thomas, Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne die, um, that that's what the killer said. And that's when Batman re- learns that the Joker killed his parents. Cue a bunch of comic book fans in the audience going, um, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> Joe Chill, a regular criminal of no real import, killed his parents? That's important. I mean, yes, Joe Chill isn't that important, but some comic creators have brought him back in later scenes, but it was never the Joker. Um, anyway, uh, I'm making but, fun of all these people, yet I somehow know these character names. But also, I, my favorite part of the whole thing was that, like, Alfred brings yet another folder to Bruce Wayne, and it's the investigation of the, into the murder of his parents, and it literally says, unsolved case. And he's also like, cover. and also, the Sandman killed Uncle Ben. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, so then Batman's like real pissed at the Joker, um, and then they have a whole thing where, you created me, no, you created me first, and they go up to the church, uh, they climb to the tower, Vertigo reenactment, 
Uh, the Joker falls to his death. He cackles a lot. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then uh, um, the Batman is now has a weird uh, semi-collaboration with the police, and he yeah. gives them the bat signal. Yeah, Gotham has, has embraced Batman. And, and no one goes, God, who could afford all this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the, great, the still great Danny Elfman score kicks back in. Thus is the conclusion of Batman 1989. Anyway, that's... Kind of like that. Um, And that's, yeah, that's that. Yeah. I... Had a great time. I do think the la- the the final chase scene is boring, but mm-hmm. um, that but part of it is that the Joker kills his like main henchman Bill or Bob or whatever. Um, so Batman fights a bunch of henchmen we're, we've never met before, and it's like whatever. Um, yeah. But it's like there's so much weird shit and wit up until that point. That one is just the action sequences are just like fine. Also, because it's tough to make action sequences when your main character is incapable of turning his head. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I had a good time with it. It's still definitely not my mm. favorite interpretation of Batman by any stretch. But yeah, I mean, I think it's competently done. It's very fun to look <laughs> at. And I mean, yeah, that seems like a shitty thing to say. But like, you no. know, it's like... It's like, it's a great attempt and it's, you know, it's a fun movie that I would be very curious what new generations make of it. Like, yeah, but uh, yeah, so it was fun to watch. All the things I liked about this movie, I are pushed forward to a point that some people find in, in Batman Returns to a point that some people found off putting, but I love um, and as much as much fun as I think Jack Nicholson's Joker is, I love um, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Elfman's Penguin is so gross. And Christopher Walken's uh, Donald Trump, I'm sorry, I mean Max Shrek, is... <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, people, um, uh, here's a fun reminder. If you're looking for a fun movie to watch, uh, Batman Returns uh, brutally kills Donald Trump. He's one of the main villains and he fucking dies horribly. So if you're looking for fun time watch... <laughs> Watch Batman Returns, uh, in which Donald Trump is electrocuted to death by a woman he assaults. It's great. <laughs> I definitely remember liking Batman Returns more than mm-hmm. this. Um, and I think Michael Keaton is a great Batman. If I remember correctly, the Donald Trump Jr. character might die as well. I don't remember. He does oh, have, uh, Max Shrek does have a major, su- has a son. Oh, wow. Also, Danny DeVito is in it. She's great. It's great. It's great. He doesn't get to kill Donald Trump, but he does have a lot of scenes with him. It's true. Watch the movie. Everyone makes a big point of how Biff is Donald Trump. Max Shrek is also very clearly Donald Trump. And unlike Biff, he dies horribly. So um, (laughs) there's a lot of news this week about concentration camps. It's, you know. Yeah. I mean... Donald Trump. No. Not enough movies or real life feature the horrific death of Donald Trump. <laughs> Yet. Uh, I'm here on a podcast saying that I think it would be fine if Donald Trump died horribly. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to get us more listeners in the NSA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Would they register as actual listens? Because that's what we really More care importantly, about. would they subscribe and like us on iTunes? <laughs> please, NSA agents, look for content similar to this on our future podcast. <laughs> well, before we uh, finish our discussion of Batman and mm-hmm. segue into a million other segues, would, would you care to give Let's this a letter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I think I got it. Okay. Uh, 
Three, two, one. B plus. Oh, we have a two to two space difference. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you liked it. Too. I yeah. I um, I rem I remember thinking it was fine. I remember thinking it was a little. It was just fine. Yeah. And then I popped it in, and I I um. Oh, you got a DVD for it? Yeah, I popped it in. <laughs> I definitely purchased it legally. Um, and, uh, uh, I popped that DVD in and, uh, not to, to horrify our listeners, but sometimes I do work while the movie's playing. Um, so I was, I was doing some, uh, some drawing work and, uh, and then I would just kept being like, oh yeah, this scene's great. Oh, this is so fun. Oh, that's so fun. Uh, yeah, yeah I had a great time. I still think Batman Returns is, uh, the better of the Burton Batman movies, um, but I, I, I was surprised by how much uh, fun I had. Yeah, I had like what I, the amount of fun I expected mm -hmm. to have, mm -hmm. which is why the B minus. I, yeah, as I said, not a huge fan of these movies, but they were like, I mean, compared to the superhero movies we see now, it was definitely a change hey. and a welcome change. Bring on the Robert Pattinson. Oh man. Cape, was it? Uh, this will just be called The Batman? No, what is his name now? It's R. Bats. That's his new nickname. Oh, is that what people are calling? Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Robert Pattinson has just been cast as the new Batman. Yeah. Uh, is Robert Pattinson younger than me? He is, right? He's like no. 28 or 29. He was Cedric Diggory. He's not younger than you. I'm looking it up. Because I, I was talking about this today while we watched it. That that's pretty fucking, that's a real bummer that Batman will now be younger than me. Um, Let me see. Robert Pattinson... And then I realized... Uh, oh, May 13th, no. 1986. Okay, he's one year older than me. He's also uh, older than me. Phew. So that's fine. But I, I, I'm okay. I, <laughs> that's fine. Batman can be younger than me. That'll be fine. And I realized the, the one that will really hurt is the day they cast a James Bond who's younger than me. <laughs> that will be devastating. Yeah, I mean... That day will come, but maybe those movies won't probably, be relevant anymore. Probably not. That it's very possible that they'll replace Daniel Craig with someone who's like twenty nine. Oh man, that could be. Who were they uh, like trying to replace him with? Was it Loki? Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I think like for a while they were. What's his face? Uh, Chris. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I think there was like talk of Tom Hiddleston doing it. Still older than us, but by less. Good. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, anyway, so looking forward to the next week mm -hmm. where we're going to do a new... What, do we have anything else to say about Batman? Anything? I don't know. Do you have anything else to I mean, say? I guess we said it yet. Yeah, it, is, it is fun. I like that it's its own thing. Um, yeah. I like that it's a self-contained movie, uh, that the set designs are super fun and outdated in a very nice way that I really like. There are a few, um, like, uh, the, the joke about a hundred, the one thing that may, felt like a current Marvel movie is the joke about the 108 pounds. That yeah. was one that felt like, like, um, so the joke, like we said, is uh, he asks her how much she weighs so they can repel. And she's like, oh, 108 pounds. And they repel, but they kind of get caught. And the next time he sees her, he's like, 108 pounds? Yeah. Only 108? Um, and I'm like, oh, this is a Marvel movie. It, it's like all jokes like that. Right, and I like the Marvel true. movies a lot. I've said that on this podcast. Um, but it was fun to see a superhero movie that wasn't a Marvel movie, but also wasn't a complete disaster. Right. Um, not that being said, I'm on the record on this podcast of having enjoy enjoyed uh, Shazam a lot. Yeah. No, I think this is a very... Yeah, it's kind of a fun... 
it definitely like shows its time i think like i i don't know how to enjoy this movie on its own like yeah i feel like if i watched this movie now it would be just weirded out I well you did a, watch it now. no i meant like if a contemporary movie was released and it looked like that mm. that would almost be just like uh yeah some sort of like an art piece as opposed to like an actual movie you know i got but i mean i had a good time with it yeah and michael keaton is great i thought we had more to say and we don't no all right yeah move on what's, <laughs> what's what are our options for uh for so, number one well, so as you all know, the Toy Story 4 was the number one movie in the box office this week. I still week. have not seen it. Thank, thank God we, fortunately, we chose to chose to do our new movie the week that Men in Black was out. Yeah, I know. That's a bummer. Instead of a movie that we actually wanted to see. Anyway, I saw Toy Story 4. I, I will not spoil what I thought of it. But so, yeah, that could be a holdover. Our new contestants are... Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, God. Yesterday. That's the Danny Boyle movie about what if the Beatles didn't exist. I could have already seen it. And a returning champion, the Avengers Endgame. Oh, God. If that fucking... Trying to surpass Avatar. Guys, if you fucking go buy a full ticket so you can watch the Russo brothers say, thank you for coming to our movie, and then watch literally, as Marvel puts it, an unfinished uh, direct deleted scene, that's insane. Don't do that. But I feel like Avenger fanboys are of the ilk who do care, like, who's the, like, number one movie ever made. And I feel like they might actually take it up upon themselves to give this movie 44 more million dollars. I I can see a universe where this is the number one movie again, and that would make me sad. But I do hope hope it's Toy Story 4 again. Because I have no interest in seeing it. Yeah, and I'm probably going to see it. So, yeah, I definitely don't want to see Annabelle. Oh, man. It's also being released, weirdly enough, today and not on Friday. Annabelle is? Yeah. On a Tuesday? Yeah. Why? I have no idea. At first, I think I heard it somewhere on the TV or something like that. And I was like, is it for a home video release? Because Tuesdays are home video. Yeah, or like video games are released on Tuesdays. Yeah, I don't know what the reasoning. Maybe like trying to beat the Avengers crowd. No idea. Is it? Are there any holidays this week? Uh, okay, well, I whatever. Who cares? What What is our guess going to be? I th- I think our guess is Toy Story Four. I think Toy Story. It was to how much. Did Toy Story 4 do... I actually wasn't following it. Did it do... And it was number one. Did it do as well? Like, did it do... So, it it made around... I'm going to give you the exact figure. Uh, it made uh, $120 million, which was apparently a slight disappointment. Oh. But, I mean, it's the next child's play, Chucky, which oh, I still think is brilliant counter-programming, made only $14 million. So... I've talked to people who hated it, and I've talked to people who loved it. I've never yet to see a Chucky movie. I it it bums me out that they made this while the the people who made the original series are still making theirs and have like uh, uh his name is oh god what's his name Mancini I don't know the guy who wrote and wrote the original Henry Mancini yeah yeah the guy who wrote the original and has written and directed some of the later ones and has written every Chucky movie 
is still making them. Really? And, yeah. For and he, whom? The, well, they, the last couple have been uh, like Netflix or direct to video or something. Oh, okay. And, um, and they still make it and they keep bringing back cast members like the little kid from the first one is now back as an adult playing the same character and they announced that they were going to make a tv they're making a tv miniseries mm-hmm. for sci-fi they got brad dorf back doing the voice and then a month later the people in the film rights were like fuck you we're making a reboot Aww, so like suck. even if the new one was supposed to be good which wasn't supposed to be that good it, it makes me feel bad and i don't want to support it really do you not want to support Aubrey Plaza's She's fine. Career? She's doing fine. She doesn't need my support. All right. Fair enough. Aubrey Plaza <laughs> does not need her support. She's doing fine. Like, I'll support her in good movies. I don't... Like, oh, is, she, wow. is she dying? I don't need to see this fucking movie she's in. Didn't she have a stroke when she was, like, 20? Is that true? I think Is she still true. having the stroke? If she's I, still I having... If she's know. at this moment still having the stroke, I will buy a ticket for Child's Play Remake. All right, please, Aubrey Plaza, please right write in. to our podcast and tell us. Anyway, until next week, where we probably see Toy Story 4... Hopefully. Or nothing at all if it's The <laughs> Avengers. Well, if it's The Avengers, we'll just have to see Toy Story 4 anyway. Yeah. We should we should do that. We should we are definitely gonna talk about Toy Story Four unless it is one of the new movies. Yeah. I'll tell you I this: guess. no matter what, I will not be paying money to see an unfinished deleted scene from <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Aww, I hope you know that you disappointed the Russo brothers. Just Sorry, now. Russo brothers. We have so many famous listeners: <laughs> Aubrey Plaza, the NSA, <laughs> and the Russo brothers. <laughs> Anyway, until then, it's late and I want to go to bed. <laughs> I am Veronica. I'm John. Toot toot. Toot toot.